going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Season 8 of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates is here. We are still rolling strong after seven full years, as usual. I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is going on, Kenny? We're back. Excited to be back. We, we're mixing and matching here this year. We're going to go tournament preview. Going to talk the Century Tournament of Champions. First elevated event of the new season. Lots to talk about as we get into it. Before we do, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you have not yet done so, go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. We will be going through that. I know we said it a million times now. If you didn't watch the swing season, that's okay. You're here now, but we will have a prize pick segment leading into the new season starting next week at the Sony Open. First big event of the season saying to Kenny pre-show, this is kind of the appetizer. Some like it, some don't. Sometimes you get an appetizer at a restaurant. Kenny, you're from the restaurant business. They drop it off. It's like, yeah, it's not really what I wanted. You know, go out with friends to a table, but you'll still nibble at it. You'll still take your shots. That's what we're doing here with this event. So a lot to talk about, Kenny. How was your break, my friend? Yeah, I know, I know we were supposed to have the uh, preview show last week, but last week was too hectic for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I won a big contract, my first government contract for our job. I'm an estimator for the company I work at. Finally, and finally won a government job, pretty good money. Uh, so, we, you know, me and the boss, we celebrated, and I celebrated after the boss, went to the strip club. And then whenever you're at the strip club and you get invited to a stripper after party, you just go. Fuck consequences. You just go. And so all I remember for the next two days is, I don't know, a lot of strippers and a lot of blow. I mean, basically, it's just what it came down to for for that week. And now I'm so old that, like, it took me, like, thank you, Samantha, for all the Cialis that you helped me out with during that week, during those two days. That really helped uh, a bunch uh, for those two days. But, uh, you know, I just went on a bender uh, for a couple of days. And then, you know, usually in my like, you know, 20s and 30s, I was able to do something like this and every once in a while and and get back to being my normal self in a day or two. Uh, That does not happen anymore. Uh, Once you hit 40, I mean, I had the, this was, so that was two Wednesdays ago from Wednesday to Friday. I did the uh, draft show on Wednesday and I was still hungover. So, so, so it was a rough week for me. I really haven't even looked at golf until today. So I did plenty of research today. Uh, we'll be ready to go. Uh, we're going to do our little preview first off. Let's go ahead and start uh, with that. Let's go ahead and start with Tambo. Our yearly preview for this year, the four major winners. Let's go ahead and start with the Masters at Augusta. Tambo, who do you got this year to take down the green jacket? Yeah, I'll get to it in one second. I will say this. There's a cop out here. I could have put Rom at any of these spots. I actually think Rom wins at least one major this year if not two i just i'm just feeling it so i I didn't pick him for the masters though if you watch the draft that we did on mayo same network right here right now if you haven't yet done so hit that like button hit the subscribe we'll talk more about comments contests things like that later on but right here we did the draft kenny and i picked cam smith i was one of the only myself and joe our good guy joey i preferred lines talks about you know everything in golf we've been on his shows too he picked dustin johnson later i picked cam smith I said that's the reason I'm picking Cam Smith this year. I know he had the shot last year when Scheffler got the job done, but my pick for the Masters this year is going to be Cam Smith. I think he bounces back. It was very close last year. We could see Rom doing it. I know everyone wants to take Rory. Been trying to take Rory and make him work here forever. He's got to complete that career grand slam. But I'm going with Cam Smith for this spot. I will say, Kenny, just flipping it over to you, these are picks. People, I think, will look at this and say, well, what, you're going to bet him at these numbers? All that? No. When you look here, some of the this, this LOL stuff that I saw, Tom Kim is 35 to one for the Masters. Tiger is like 50. Cam Smith, who I just talked about, is 14. I mean, I, I don't see these numbers getting any worse. So there's no reason to bet these things out, even though I think they're winning. So we'll wait and see what happens. But I am picking Cam Smith to win the Masters this year in April. Yeah, I don't know how many events Liv has prior to the Masters. I believe two. Have to, they have two. I think, I think that's they the number. Wait to, to see the other uh, announcements, but I believe the official right now is two. I mean, in two events, you could, play, you could finish 10th, you know, and then drift. Uh, and the thing about it is when you look at the odds uh, for some boards, I know I've seen books that have 25 golfers at 35 to one or, or better. Um, that's not the way it's going to be the week of the tournament. So, I mean, I don't see the point in taking 
these future bets at four majors anymore. I would just wait. Uh, maybe in maybe like two, three, four weeks beforehand, if you see something. But right now, I mean, you know, 20, a third of the field is 35 to one or better. I mean, those numbers are garbage. So again, these are not bets. These are who we think are going to win. Uh, and for me, for the Masters and for the PGA Championship, I'm not saying it's going to be the same person. I think Rom and Finau are going to win the first two majors of the year. I don't know what order they're going to be in, uh, but I'm going to. Well, now one bet I did see that I did bet on was Tony Finau, sixty-five to one, top ten at all majors. He's done it before. It's not like it's an impossible for him. He's a much better golfer than he was three years ago when he did it. Uh, I think Tony wins a major this year. I think Rom wins a major this year. They're both going to get it in those two, those first two events. So I went ahead and did my PGA. Uh, PGA Championship is going to be at Oak Hills, tough course. Um, of course, I think Duffner won last time. It was a, a, an event was played there. Ball striker, elite, not the best putter, but he was one of the best in the game back then when it came to ball striking. So, you know, you got Finau, you got Rom. Uh, those two guys are going to win the first two majors. Tamba, who do you like for the PGA Championship? Yeah, this is the one you, you don't need game theory in, in the picks or the bets when we're just making them here. And like I said, you know, we, obviously, if you like to pick them to win, we can bet them, but we're just saying we'll decide on those numbers at the time. I'm taking a bunch of favorites this year. I think it was that way pretty much last year. There was not a lot of long shots anywhere. Here's the interesting part. That's why I said the game theory, because you don't need it here. Dufter winning it back at, you know, it's at Oak Hill. Dufter winning it last time out. This is the one I will say, Bearoff, our guy, resident fill in, Ryan Bearoff, got me on this bet. So the only bet I have for futures for this year is Tom Kim, a hundred to one at this event. So I told you how it's changed. He's off the board now. Like you don't even have, my book doesn't have PGA championship odds even up any longer. They've just got the standard masters right now and give him a wait and see qualifiers, all that stuff that happens. This is the event. All that to say, Kenny, that I think obviously the outside long shot can come through and win, but I'm going to flip it. I know. Look, Rom has an incredible record at the masters U S open champion in the past already. He has a great links game. He would fit any open, but I'm going to take Rom here. Long, straight, complete game. Again, an outsider can come out win. If Tom Kim wants to do it, I'll take it. 101. I love that shit, but I'm taking John Rom at the PGA Championship. I think he's going to win something, and I like your Tony Finau call for the, the top tens at all of them. I don't have that one on my book. It was a special, and I think I overlooked it because I especially think the thing about Tony, and he has a fine game for the open too. Like I say, he's done it before in the past, all those factors, but Masters, definitely see it. PGA Championship, just like I talked about with Rom, outsiders, etc. But long, straight driver of the ball, complete game, perfect. U.S. Open, very obvious, a good spot. I think you'd have a cash out option ready to go at the Open if you're feeling pretty good. I think the first. I mean, think about the Open Championship. It's a Royal Liverpool. It's it's not your typical, you know, tough. I mean, it, the weather really has to be bad for yeah. that if it, for that course to play tough. I think the last two winners are eighteen under and seventeen under. Uh, it was. Rory and Tiger, uh, the last two winners there. Uh, And so, you know, you see what type of game can win there. Tony's got the length. Uh, I think he'll be fine for a top 10 uh, at the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. But we're jumping ahead a little bit. I I love Rom. Rom's going to be one of my players to look at. I think um, we'll talk about this a little bit more later on in the show. But, you know, him playing second fiddle to to Rory, uh, I think it bothers him. Yeah. I think it bothers him. Uh, I think it bothers him, and you're playing with you that. Drop that on one shoulder. comment you talked yeah. about in the past, where he said, "Like, yeah. oh, you don't talk to me. You know, you do, you talk to the other two guys." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, he's, he wants to be he wants to be the dog. He wants to be the alpha. Uh, and, and this year could be the year he proves it. Uh, and the only way to do that is to, to, to win a major or two. Uh, that's what he's going to need to do. Uh, and I think he gets it done. Um, so Finau and um, and um, what's his face, Rom. For the PDA championship for the US Open. I mean, everyone's fate, everyone is going to be rooting for Homa. And it's that is his his course, right? LA Country Club uh is Homa's home course, or he played there a bunch. I don't think he's there. I don't think he's ready yet. I think it's gonna be one of the two other California kids. Uh it's gonna be Xander Cameron. Uh is gonna win the uh the uh US Open this year. I'm gonna to lean towards Cantley, uh, but I like Xander. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick two. Fuck it, I don't give a fuck. Both one of those two uh, is going to win 
the U.S. Open. And the thing is, we don't know much about that course. I mean, I looked into it a little bit. There haven't been that many uh, championships played there. We don't. It's going to come in uh, as an oddity. And so the big thing is, you know, familiarity with the course. You know, home is going to have it. You know, these California kids are going to have it. Um, so that's probably where I'm leaning. So so Xander Canley at the, at the U.S. Open, uh, they'll, one of those two will win. Our first full alignment, because I have Xander picked very, very much so for here. I think it makes perfect sense. I like the Cantlay call as well. You talked about being in L.A., all those factors. But just in general, we do know how U.S. Open sets up, at least, right? It's always the same group. If, if any spot you're picking an elite golfer, it's this one. It's always the way things go. The U.S. Open makes perfect sense. I can actually see Scheffler getting back onto the radar. One I didn't mention previously at the PGA Championship as well was Willie Z. Uh, you know, nobody was lower on him last year i'm making fun of it and then on top of it, picking him right at memphis i love that spot for him where now we'll talk about him when we get to some other stuff here and especially even for this week but the back injury coming off of that just getting married all these factors we'll see you talked about your boy sung jay getting married you know see woo got married as well lots of stuff to talk about when it comes to that but just jt jt but and it's sad to leave jt off my list here by the way i don't have him for any of these majors but i had cam smith for the masters John Rahm for the PGA Championship, and I'm taking Xander here for the U.S. Open. I was going to say Willie Z at the PGA Championship let sort of a couple things get under his belt, second major of the year. He was right there last year losing to Justin Thomas. So, uh, and, and hey, Justin Thomas could be in that mix too. But I just, I think the one thing about Rahm, you mentioned the second fiddle factor. I don't know if you listened to this podcast last year too when it was, I think it was the Sleazy podcast with uh, Colt Nost and it was Pat Perez on it talking about John Rom being like dead ass serious about winning the most majors. And he's still young. People forget how young he still is. And I know it's crazy. It's outlandish nowadays to expect someone to win that many majors. Hell just go win a second one. But the point is, I'm just saying that he is a hungry dog. You'll see him go out there. I, I like Rom for all of them, but for this one, I'm picking Xander Shoffley. You said Xander can't lay. So we're on the same page for the U for the U S open. Open championship. I'm going Rory. Um, you know, Royal Liverpool is a place where you can pull your driver out. He's the best driver of the golf ball in the world. Um, you need a good links game, but it's not as important as other courses on the Rota, uh, where, you know, it's like 6,800 yards. It's right on the coast. The wind's going to be crazy. I mean, the last couple of times I played it, the weather was fine. Um, now we'll see if the weather <laughs> we're, you know, six, seven months away, uh, if it's going to be windy and rainy and cold, that makes everything a little bit different. Um, but uh, I'm going Rory. He won there last time. Had his best year of the year, best year in a long time last year. Uh, I, I see him winning another major this year. I'm not really going crazy uh, in my picks, at least for the pre-picks, um, you know, months in advance. So I'll go Rory. So my four winners, it's going to be Finau, uh, Rom, Canley or Xander, and Rory. Those are going to be the four major champions right there. Yeah, and I, I almost had the Roy double down. This was actually my closest. I went back and looked at our, our version of this show last year. We did a little bit longer one, broke everything out, talked all that. We'll talk a few up and comers and stuff here in a minute, just to go through it all. But pretty good on those calls on the majors missed all of them. The closest I was, was Rory. I think Rory himself thought he was winning that open at, you know, last year, the home of golf, trying to get the job done. And then Cam Smith just came out of nowhere with an incredible round four and sort of stole it away, got the job done. So could have went with the Rory double down. I'm going to go off the board though, at least a little bit. He's not off the board as far as odds are concerned, but I don't think it's going to be anybody's first pick when they go to this event. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. I know you liked him, Kenny, a little bit coming into the season and just looking at what he's done, this gives him plenty of time. I actually think we see Spieth continue to move back in that direction and just watching you know, I'm not a big match guy, but obviously when we had Rory and Tiger and JT and Speed, the, the Speed confidence, man, did you notice that? Just on another level at that event. So I'm wondering if he just brings that through. This gives him plenty of time to get things set up. Of course, he could win the, the Masters. He's always live there, but he's always been good at the Opens, has himself a Claret Jug already. So I could expect, I, I could see him going here. So my four picks are going to be Cam Smith at the Masters, John Rahm at the PGA Championship, Xander Schauffele at the US Open, and Jordan Speed at the Open at Royal, Royal, Royal Liverpool, if I could talk, to round the season out. Anything else, Kenny? Thoughts on the majors that you want to bring up? No, I mean, it should be uh, it should be a good one. I mean, we're looking for, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's going to be a great season. Uh, even with Liv there, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't want to lose any more golfers over there to, to, to Liv, but it's probably going to happen. It's going to be it's going to be intriguing to see what happens with Liv, uh, with the PGA Tour, if they can get together, if these guys are all going to play all four majors, 
we'll see. Hopefully that happens because, you know, that would just make the, the majors, even if the live golfers can never play in the PGA tour again, that's fine. If they can play in, in the majors, uh, you know, and we see the best golfers in the world play. That's all I need at least four times a year. So I, I want to ad lib in something real quick. Cause we didn't talk about this pre-show, but I think it's a good thing to get your take. I've been talking about it on Twitter a lot over the last week because golf is coming back and all that. Obviously the documentary I think is set to go. The Netflix doc in sounds like February is what they're looking at for the release. I'm not sure if that's official, but people are assuming that that's going to reinvigorate golf and it's going to be crazy. And, you know, I don't know I mean, what, what it did for F1. I mean, like the, I never even watched an F1 race until sure. I saw drive to survive. But F1 wasn't that. big in the United States ever. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. easier to infiltrate this market from worldwide globally than it is yeah. for to infiltrate. It's everyone knows about golf. I thought, epat our guy on twitter had some really good takes on it uh, adam chernoff is another guy i follow he's a good dude i just his take was that the the major this is going to basically reinvigorate you know golf and i mean people are going to go nuts and it was a lot of ifs it was like if the documentary is explosive i don't even know if it will be it's still about golf we're gonna love it anybody listening to this you me others we're gonna absolutely love this thing it's gonna be talked about on twitter there will be content that comes from that the second piece, though, was that what if we get a live versus PGA guy? First off, when they made the doc, this was just content gold for them that the live thing happened while they were recording. It was not a live versus PGA documentary. That's mm-hmm. the best part we get out of it, that there's going to be some cool storylines and stuff that we didn't see before. Secondly, though, I don't see anybody watching this documentary that, you know, first off, doesn't even like golf. Let's say they do, though. OK, they, they watch it. They get into it. I don't see them on, you know, looking at their Twitter on Sunday at the Masters and going, holy shit, the guy I saw in the documentary, let's say it's Cam Smith, is head-to-head with Rory McIlroy down the stretch. We got to go turn that on right away. I don't see that. I don't think it does that. Again, there's going to be obvious effects that come with this documentary, and it's going to blow up golf a little bit, and there'll be content out, like when The Last Dance came out with Michael Jordan in the doc. But that was during COVID and all these things. Like, people will talk about it. How much do you think it will really have an effect, though, Kenny? Your thoughts? I mean, for true fans like us, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, it's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be what we're going to be talking about uh, week in and week out. I mean, Netflix re- releases everything at the same time. Uh, so, you know, it'll be out immediately, all 10 episodes, all 12 episodes, whatever it's going to be. Uh, and so we'll be able to talk about it immediately. It's going to be great. Now, for the general public, we'll see how it's marketed. Um, I think uh, I think Netflix did a good job with the drive to survive with their marketing program where they're putting commercials on, um, you know, on, on social, on different stuff, on sports platforms to go watch the show. Um, I mean, if they get good support and good backing from the marketing people at Netflix, it could be a big show because I mean, there's a lot of drama that's going to be possible. They got to make sure. And these are, these guys are doing it for entertainment. They, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have to talk to the PGA tour about some of the stuff, but I mean, they have to, PGA has to know that a lot of dirt's going to go flying. I mean, or it's not going to be a show that's worthy enough to watch. You know, don't give me a watered down version uh, of this show because the PGA Tour doesn't want us to see everything that happens behind the scenes. Yes. That's bullshit. Give me everything. If this is watered down, it's going to be horrible. And I'm not, I don't want to see that. I want to see everything. I want to see the fights. I want to see the arguing. I want to see, I want to see all that. I want to see the, 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 the people winning and, and missing a putt for whatever. And, and the, the, the joy and the pain of golf mixed in with the politics, everything else. I mean, this has the opportunity to be just a great, great show. Not even not for just golf fans, but for the general public. And that this show is going to be extremely important for golf. I think I I'm a little bit opposite of you. I think this could become a big thing for golf. Uh, People looking forward to the next season, seeing what happening with their players. And then, after moving on, watching the show, maybe they click on on a Sunday afternoon to see some guy that they enjoyed watching uh, on the show fight down the, down the wire to win an event. You know, I, I, I don't think I don't see many things that can go wrong with this unless it's watered down. I I hope that is the case. And to your last point, exact nothing will go bad from this. Don't don't take this the wrong way coming from me. I'm saying I don't see an explosion. I will I'll, I will add one last point because I kind of just. Over, I looked at it and just said, forget it, the F1 factor. Uh, Anthony Pompliano's brother, I think his name is Joe on Twitter, uh, has a great Twitter following as well. You go and watch it. Yes, t- talks a lot about it. He put out a crazy video. It's like eight minutes long on YouTube. You can still go find out there about what F1 did to adapt and to get their fan base down. It had a lot of challenges, very similar to golf. And I think that's where people tie it in. I will say this, though, after watching that eight-minute video, Liv 
is trying to copy what F1 did, right? They put it to the shorter events. They put it to, it's a party for families and kids and everybody and it's an event. So it's not who cares about what's going on in the background. It's fast cars, it's et cetera, versus in golf, it's golf, it's happening. It's shotgun start, all this. So I will just say that. I don't know if it's going to completely blow up the PGA side. I think it's also comes down to Kenny, to what the PGA does. Obviously, they had their big you know, meetings last year. They've got these elevated events. They've done all these things. How they change the game is important as well. And I'm really looking forward to the upcoming season. I don't think the documentary hurts a thing. I just don't know if even if it is an explosive documentary, as some are calling it, if it will end up making that big of a difference for the ratings and all of that stuff. Either way, you know, you and I, everyone listen to this, we're all tuning into the documentary, the events, and everything on Twitter and the content that comes from it. I'm excited for the season ahead, no matter what. All right, so before we get into this, to this week, let's talk about maybe four or five golfers on your radar, Tambo, that you think that we'll have that we need to keep an eye on uh, as this season goes on. Why don't you go first, there, brother? Yeah. So just quick note, same as I did last year. You know, we're not. I'm not naming Willie Z, Cam Young, Finau, Fitz, Homa, Tom Kim, Burns, Spieth. Even like th- these guys are obviously established guys. We know what they are. If you put them on your list of up and comers no shit they're on they're at they're almost getting you know they're moving up the mountain very fast so i don't want to use those ones not that these guys are way off the radar because anyone listening to this is listening to the other 10 shows like this that name these other guys but i still want to make calls on guys that i think the general public or others might not be as high on last year we had some of the other guys like homa i thought would have a big year it turned out he had a pretty good one uh, other guys we finally converted to like scheffler uh you know willie z those were on the list last year now they're already established you can't really use them a um, couple things on bounce backs Morikawa, Corey Connors, um, Ricky Fowler, I would add to that list. I actually see some of those guys bouncing back, having bigger years. Some are still down on them. I think they'll be okay. But my guys are going to be similar to what you would hear. But but guys that I like, Davis Riley is going to be one. Steven Yeager is going to be two. Both of the Taylors, uh, you you always make fun of Taylor Montgomery because it's all putter and Kenny continue to do it. But Taylor Pendrith would be higher on my list, the Canadians. So I got Pendrith. Riley, Steven Yeager, and then Seamus Power, just another guy that I'm keeping an eye on. I know Bearoff has talked about being high on him. Others have mentioned him. I like him. Still, Digala would be almost on the list above, but he's Homa-esque in that his finishes before Homa started winning a bunch. Remember, Homa was top five or bottom of the barrel slash miscut. That's what we've seen with Sahith Tagala. It's either he's about to win this tournament, if he doesn't maybe make one mistake at the end, or he's just off the board. So we like that for fantasy. We like that for a week like this with no cuts. But um, Steven Yeager, Davis Riley, Taylor Pendrith, Seamus Power, those are sort of the four guys. Montgomery, but everybody's on him too. You can go to him as well. But those are the guys I see. I think we're going to see a lot of this season up at the top of those leaderboards. I went a little different with my five. I went two guys at the top of their game who I think can win majors and have – Good years. I'm going to go ahead and say Tony Finau and John Rom finished the year one and two. Um, I expect a major win from each of them, and I expect multiple wins from each of them. Those two are my favorite golfers for the year. Um, I think they're going to have huge years. Again, like I said, Rom off a dog. He wants to be the number one guy. He wants to be above Rory. He's going to do everything in his power. Uh, family life situated, couple kids, wife, good to go. Uh, I, yeah, give, give me Rom all day this year. Give me Finau again, 27 children. He's got to take care of all 38 of them, you know, make sure that, you know, he keeps good with his, you know, 478 kids. And then you see like his talent grow, uh, you know, he's top 50 and, you know, top you know, his 12th in approach, you know, top 20 in, in, um, driving. I think the putting is the big thing top 100 he's like 85th in strokes game putting last year um average and it's pretty damn good for tony uh and then you got um you know top 50 top 60 and around the green the guy's game is at another level right now and he's winning events uh he's winning birdie fest he's winning tough courses i mean the houston course that he played and he won at not a cakewalk you know what i'm saying um in the fall so those two guys are the two guys at the top uh, of uh, you know the elite guys i think are going to make the next move Super elite, finished the season one and two. Uh, my next two guys, Russell Henley, finally got that win, okay? Uh, the guy's been one of the best iron players in the world for the last couple of years. Uh, we all know how important the approach game is. Uh, he's got that monkey off his back, finally got that W. The iron game's still going to be strong. I think he can get another win uh, this year. Um, Aaron Wise, uh, he won his rookie year. 
Uh, it hasn't, it went through a little bit of a lull, but last year he played really, really well, made it to the tour championship, uh, made, you know, made it to the tournament of champions without the win because he was in the tour championship. Uh, birdie maker machine. I think you could see him winning a couple of those non-elevated events. And I did say a couple of those non-elevated events this year. So I like Aaron Wise. We're going a little bit lower. Austin Smotherman. Uh, top 30, he's 32nd in strokes gain approach, 28th in strokes gain off the tee this past season. Uh, of course, he's 161st in putting. Uh, he's in that, I mean, Morikawa type vein where the iron game and the ball striking is so good uh all it takes is one average to above average putting week for him to get another win to get to get his first win so i like smotherman for a win this year um also my last one svensson won that final event uh, prior to the rsm uh he's got that win you know he's got the game you know he makes a ton of birdies iron game always solid uh, I like guys getting that win in the fall, coming in for a new good season uh, on the wraparound. So those are my six guys. Up top, Finau Rom. In the middle, Henley Wise. Towards the bottom, we got Svensson and we got Smotherman. Those are my six guys to look out for this year. All right, so let's move on to this week's Tournament of Champions. After what seemed like forever, um, you know, the PGA Tour finally back with the Century Tournament of Champions as his name of the tournament suggests it's the the field consists of winners in the past 52 weeks on the PGA tour and golfers who made it to the 2022 tour championship without a win. Uh, no cut golfers will play all 72 holes unless there's a withdrawal. Uh, now normally in these type of events, 39 golfers in the field. Uh, the only one that didn't decline of course was Rory rarely ever plays here. Normally I don't play cash in these events, but I've been itching to play cash after a strong fall and strong end of the season last year. I think I finished the fall. I won at the RSM finished with a six and three record in cash. I'm trying to get a 66 to 75, 60, 70% win percentage uh, in cash this year. That is the goal. Uh, and so I'm going to start with this one and I like my cash game cornerstones a lot uh, this week. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Now, um, uh, where was I now, you know, strategy wise, and I'm going to play my usual amount of GPPs. Uh, you know, there's going to be duplicated lineups with this small amount of field, leaving salary on the table. Of course, uh, what will keep you from being duped, but you know, this is not like the hero world challenge, uh, you know, where almost all the golfers were elite and it was easy to feel comfortable leaving thousands upon thousands on the table because the talent across that field was fairly even. It's not the case. Uh, this week, the golfers in the lower price range, you know, nowhere near the talent that the guys have up top. So it's going to be tough to leave, you know, thousands on the table. But if you've got the balls to do it, hey, that's a way to be unique. There's no doubt about that. Uh, weather, always a factor. Um, high winds of precipitation, usually the norm. Uh, not shocking for a coastal course like this. Uh, the wind doesn't look too strong, uh, as it did a couple of years ago. So it's possible the course should play easier than a minus 14 winning score we had in 2020. Um, the course should be dry and the weather calm. Remember last year, I think Cam won in like, Minus 32, minus 34, yeah, I can't remember. It was, something it was like that. Uh, I expect mid to mid to high minus 20s to be the winning score. So it's going to be a birdie fest. You know, make your roster accordingly. A couple of tidbits uh, before we get into the course. 12 of the last 13 winners here played some type of golf in November, in December. Okay. Uh, either a hero, either uh, across the pond, so, either Australia. Something like that. They played 12 of the last 13 winners have played golf in December. Five of the last seven winners at the Tournament of Champions had all either won a FedEx Cup playoff event or a fall series event in the previous year. Cam Smith, he just missed out last year, finishing second at the Northern Trust uh, in the um, FedEx Cup playoffs in 2021. Lastly, in the last 10 years, um, the highest uh, odds to win this event was 33 to 1. So that was Harris English about three or four years ago. So those are the worst odds that have won this event in the last 10 years. Um, I'm keeping my card light. I got two picks, both under 20 to one. That's how I'm going about my betting process this week. I'm not going long shots. I'm just going two favorites. Boom, done. That's how my card's going to go. All right, so let's get to the course. Plantation course, Kapalua, 
7,600 yard par 73, four par fives, only three par threes. The course is unlike any other played on tour. It was built on the side of a mountain and near the coast. So elevation changes and breathtaking views abound. The course is not as long as a yard it suggests due to these massive elevation changes off the tee and because there are only three par threes on the course. At first glance, you would expect bombers to have an edge and you might say that they do in the last decade or so. You know, a lot of bombers have seen themselves on top of the leaderboard. But, you know, the course record is 62. Uh, KJ Choi, Graham McDowell, and Xander Shoffley. And this doesn't take into account last year. I don't remember if someone shot 61 last year or not. But, you know, 62 was the course record prior to last year. Graham McDowell, KJ Choi, Xander. Not the longest of long guys out there, you know. I would say iron play, especially inside of 150 yards, is more important than bombing the ball off the tee. Uh, but of course, like I said, the length is going to help. Um, nearly 40% of all approach shots here over the years have come inside 150 yards. Another 40% or so have come from outside of 200 yards, probably due to the fact that most of the par fives are reachable in two. So finding golfers who are good with their wedges and long irons, pretty good way to go uh, this week. Uh, the course went through extensive renovations prior to 2021. Uh, Core and Crenshaw teamed up to make the course play easier for amateurs and tougher for pros. They resodded all the greens, making the greens a lot firmer and faster. Two years ago, we saw a large first bounce on approaches, and that hasn't been the case for the majority of this tournament's history. Now, last year, it looks like the greens grew in as the first bounce wasn't that big and scoring was once again low. So, you know, you look at the weather conditions, you look at the way the course has been played last year, I think it's going to be fairly similar. Now, off the tee golfers see huge fairways, very little rough. Over 70% of fairways have been hit on this course over the years, and golfers can bomb it out there this week with little penalty for missing the fairways unless they hit it into one of the 90-plus bunkers on the course. Usually there is a ton of roll uh, on this course on the fairways, which has always kept the shorter hitters in play. Now, if golfers are ex exceptionally wild off the tee, where it's very possible, it's very possible you can lose your ball. We saw JT hit in some extremely high grass on the back nine on Sunday six years ago and was extremely lucky to find his ball. Uh, if he didn't find the ball, and the odds say he shouldn't have, it's very conceivable that Hideki would have won that event. So big numbers are possible, but only on crazy wild tee shots. Uh, the fairways themselves are very hilly, undulating. Approach shots golfers will see very large undulating greens as well. These greens are some of the largest on tour, and it shows since over 80% of all approach shots land on the greens. Uh, this number definitely dropped in 2020 due to the firmness of the greens and the wind. But last year, the green and regulation percentage came back to normal. Uh, now, what used to make these Bermuda grass greens difficult was how slow they were. Uh, the greens did look a little bit quicker last year, and I expect that to be the same. Uh, I expect the stint meter to be around 11 on these greens instead of the 10 and the 10 and a half we've seen prior to 2021. Sometimes it was slower than that on especially windy weeks. First-timers have struggled to top five here. Uh, but since it changes, it might be easier since everyone is playing a newish course. Uh, one of the main advantages veterans had at this course was knowing exactly where the pin locations would be prior to 2001. There were only so many spots on the green where to put the flag because of the crazy slope and undulations. Since they took away a lot of that with the renovations, the tour will have a bevy of new pin locations to choose from, which in turn puts maiden golfers on a more level playing field. Plus the talent of these young golfers, you know, makes me believe that a few of them uh, still have a chance to do well this week. Still, in the last nine years, only seven golfers have had a top five finish on their first appearance at Kapalua, and five of them are named Spieth, Hideki, Rom, Rory, and Kepka. You know, three years ago, even with the course changes uh, and the totally new pin locations, only two of the 16 first-timers finished in the top 10. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? You summed it up good, my friend. I think that was a lot of the stuff I was going to talk about. You said we do this every year with the debut taunts thing too. I will say that it's been so true, but then you go again, every year we've got a new list. We just went through our up and comers. We just talked about all that this year. Some of the debut taunts, just to name them, right? You've got Cameron Young, Matt Fitzpatrick, Will Zalatoris, Tom Kim, Sahith Tigala. Like these are 
the names of what you would expect to be no problem names when you like the names you just mentioned on your list, big time players, long term. So that makes it tough. The recent form thing, I think was a much bigger thing. My notes were recent form is King be on top of the debutants, watch the weather. Obviously you talked about the, the swings in the weather, like the year, I think JT won at 14 under versus last year, 20 shot swing for Cam Smith to win at 34 under. So keep an eye on it. It does look like there's some early wind on Thursday, Friday. It's not that heavy though. So, and again, it can change on a dime. So to me, I'm with you. I still see the scores going lower here. Overall, you, you know, you talked some about the stats and things like that, just the course setup. T to green in general is something I'm usually looking at. And, and I don't know, too, the debutantes thing, Kenny, was always, first off, there's always a lot of money here. Now it's an elevated event. It's one of the smallest. Right now, it's currently the smallest prize pool elevated event at $15 million with $2.7 million for first. So it's still a lot of cheese up top. And sometimes, you know, people treat it like a family vacation they bring their family. It's their first time. Like we just won. They had a great season. It's an added bonus. Big money, no matter what. I wanted to talk about that real quick, though. Yeah, chime in. Go ahead. Okay, we got four guys who just got married within the last month, right? It, 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 uh, what's the focus going to be like for these guys? Sungjae, um, Willie Z, uh, JT. So three of them got yeah. married this past. Who's week. not here? We it, did talk about it, him earlier. Is yeah. this is this a honeymoon type deal where they 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 focus so much on their significant other? They're brand in a romantic place such as Maui. Do they get a little bit of sidetracked or is the money good enough for these guys to come in and and have their full focus? Who who was it again? So who's here? JT, Zalatoris. Sungjae. And and Sungjae, that's what it was too. And so the reason I bring that up is because JT is going to be extremely popular. He literally owns Hawaii. Two wins here. His history is fifth, third, first, third, 22nd, first, 21st. And then on top of what he does at the Sony Open. So he's going to be heavily owned. Zalatoris, I don't know if the back surgery and wedding stuff will worry people, but people love Zalatoris. So why not hop back on now? You can get in on him for a low price, best buy pricing of just $8,900. So he's not quite 9K, he's 8,900 just underneath. And then you talk about Sungjae, looks extremely underpriced at 8,300. You go, you can go back. He might be the most most owned, right? Maybe at 8,300. I know he's one of the most bet right now to start things off. I bet him. I got him at 20 to one. He's already down in some place to 15 or less. So, I mean, that is interesting to take that into consideration, Kenny. And I didn't mention it, but the obvious, we talk about ownership every week in PGA DFS, but especially here, first event of the season, one of the best ways to get leverage, even though ownership is getting spread out, is just to take your stands and -hmm. pick off spots where you just say, I'm going to X guys one, two, and three that everyone's playing and just hope that those three guys don't have their finish. And in the case of Willie Z, debutante. In the case of Sungjae, maybe the highest owned on the slate. And then JT, likely the highest owned at the top. Typically in the past, however, the bat, the, you know, the good chalk has been the guys up top. But when you've got X there, he'll pull a little bit away from him. It is a no-cut, shorter field event. You, you got other guys there that can pull away the ownership, but it's no doubt JT will be popular up top as well. Yeah, I'm worried about JT, worried about Willie Z, not too worried about Sungjae. Uh, I don't know if you watch the uh, the draft show. I was talking about two different types of wives that Korean people normally have. You said that was going to uh, be the title for this show, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll go over it. I mean, it's it's a broad spectrum. And, you know, I haven't lived in Korea or been around too many Korean people uh, for a while. But, I mean, you know, usually there's two types of Korean wives. One is like my mother. Uh, she would be very, very passive. Um, the types of men who would go for that type of Korean woman would be strong businessmen people who look to the past of the way how things should be uh with the wife being sort of in the back i mean growing up i'll let you know i sat in the front seat starting at 12 years old and my mom sat in the back um that's how korean customs work a lot of times like old school korean customs uh the second uh type of korean wife would be my grandmother who would be like the matriarch of the family where everything goes through her. Uh, now, to become that type of wife, usually usually that doesn't happen until they have children. So so right now, I feel like Sungjae would be fine. Once he starts having kids, uh, then we worry a little bit little, little bit about his family, family life. Uh, and again, this is just a broad narrative spectrum that i don't know these guys you know what i'm saying i'm just taking i'm just taking a fucking guess uh based on what it is and, and like you know and, and the funny thing is that literally there's no i can't even find the name 
uh, of Sungjae's wife. Like I've been googling it. Like you can't even find shit on him. Uh, so what way I, would I, you I, lean? What way would you lean with that information? What do you think? With she that, is? with with the information that I see, I, I would lean towards because Sungjae is a. I don't picture him as an old school type thought Korean. Um, he seems more of a new age, more fun, not as serious, um, not all business, not, you know, not all money. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of Korean men, you know, that's their main focus, right. success and business and money. Uh, and, and those are the types that usually go for the passive uh, type Korean wives. Uh, now, Sungjae, I don't think he's that type of person. Uh, and so I, I, mean, I have no idea about his wife. I, I don't know, but I mean, if I would guess, I would guess that she is not a passive type. Uh, but again, we're not going to go, we're not going to see that, uh, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my friends called my grandmother ninja grandmother because she was wild. Uh, she just didn't give a fuck and she would say whatever the fuck she wanted to say. Doesn't matter. Um, and so, uh, that usually happened after children. So, so we'll wait till Sungjae. Uh, I think Sungjae will be fine. Again, I'm just taking a complete guess it's here. Speculation um, nation, yeah, of course. Yeah. We love speculation it, nation. Yeah. How so would you I, think I, it affects his game? You think it'll affect his game when he has kids? Is what you're saying? Yes. Gotcha. I think okay. when he has kids, things will change uh, for him, and we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, I know nothing about his wife, so we'll have to see. I'll have to see his family background and stuff like that. But that's usually the way it goes when it comes to Korean marriage. Uh, you know, either no, passive nothing wrong, no, nothing wrong with speculation, Kenny. I'm okay with it. Those wondering out there, Kenny does not have a wife. He's with Samantha at the stripper party with Cialis. So uh, keep that in mind when you're using this information as well. But that is we true. love to speculate a little bit. It's always yes. good fun. So I had to ask you about that. We did say it would be named Korean Wives Explained. You, you did a great job of it. And again, in the future, this could become very important when we get to Sungjae announcing that their first child is on the way or something along those lines. If she really does run the show, it could be a lot different Sungjae that we see out there. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully a big year ahead for Mr. Sungjae. And we'll see. We will see. And I do have some stories about my grandmother here in the future that I will go over uh, <laughs> that we put in the well. Uh, so, so we can see how the aggressive uh, Korean wife lives their lives a little bit. Just stay tuned. Uh, we have some good uh, story time with Kenny coming up uh, in the future. I don't know if I'm going to save it for the Masters because it's fucking doozy. I've already told I've already told my guys on the show it's put a it, fucking doozy. Put it down before you forget it. I'm going to have to put a reminder here. I, I, there's no way in hell I'm going to forget this. I saw my grandmother the other day and I was like, I wanted to say some shit to her, but I didn't. <laughs> but I did. We'll go over this here. We'll have it at the uh, Masters. We'll have it. We'll have it at the Masters for that. We'll wait a little bit because well, one thing I'll day. say quick: we won't have to wait till the Masters for Kenny, but we didn't talk about it. The Lister League coming oh. back next week. We're waiting for the first cut event. It's pretty standard stuff. I know some have them out there for this week. We don't care as much for the short slate, everything like that. So we want to start it off next week. So it will come back. I've been informed it'll come back at five hundred to see. My guess is we will fill it very quickly. That is what's been determined. So the faster we fill it next week, then it will go to 750 like it always was. Assume that just stays the norm. And then we look to get it to 1,000 or 1,500 as the majors go on. Hopefully this year we can get it even bigger. My point would just be that will be the case so you guys know. So it will be back next week, our Lister League for the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. All right, so let's get to this week. Let's get to these tiers. Let's start in the 10K range. We've got two guys. So let's start in the 9K range. Let's go 9K and above Tambo. Who do you like this week? Did, did you like Rory up top, 10-5? I would if he played. <laughs> bad, bad timing. I mean, the setup of all this, DraftKings came out with it. Obviously, he was not playing. I mean, it was pretty much clear he wasn't playing this event. People, Other people knew it. Uh, he came out as the top price guy. They missed three guys. They got him in there. Even Cam Young, who they didn't get in in the second batch, they finally got in at 8,800. We'll get to that range next. But just talking up top really quick, Kenny, I think it's interesting because Scheffler and Rom. I know we're going to pull in the 9K range just for discussion's sake, but those two on their own, both really pop for obvious reasons, but feel like people just lean to Rom, right? Rom's 10K is 100 bucks more than JT. You want to go with them, a great season. I, I know people are down on it overall. Scotty had the better season, but if you just look at him sort of leaning in and coming into this, we, we've got some good setup from Rom here at 10K stats-wise as well. My thoughts are over the break, Rom, dad life. You know what? I mean, I know what that's like. You don't, but j- just in general, it's busy, man. I don't know what he's doing. You know, Scheffler, he's over there playing Scrabble, watching The Office, maybe working on making. I mean, maybe you can I- look at Rom's wife, and I'm pretty sure they got no pair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you can look at mom sometimes and be like, she got a nanny. 
They got yeah. a fucking nanny. Come on now, brother. They got still got, got stuff together. I'm just saying, you got way more obligations. You can't tell the nanny put together that toy on Christmas morning, right? You got you got other stuff people are up to. I, I just think, again, it's all narrative-based. What we're talking about here really matters for this week is for DFS. I think Rom will come in higher owned. We'll wait and see. I like Scheffler. I'm high on him for this season. I got him in the draft. Obvious reasons of what he did last year. I don't expect the exact same, but I think he can still have a great season come around here. I like Scheffler quite a bit at 10-3 off the top. I think the 9K range, Picks up a bunch of steam with JT, with Xander. I bet Cantley. I like him. The one thing I like about Cantley, Kenny, is he is a little bit squeezed here, right? You've got the narrative around JT in Hawaii for good reason, possibly good chalk, et cetera. You've got Xander, another good spot. You think about a guy in these shorter fields, in these no-cut events, his own history here with a win in the past, a fifth, a second, a 12th last year, all these things that you're pulling up. The stats for all these guys are going to be good on the short sample when you look at it. But I, I do think that Cantlay could pull away from that sum. So I like Cantlay here. And then Kawa is not going to pop in anything. Finau is going to get popular here as well. But Kawa, if you think he can bounce back, I think it's another guy that you could go to. Again, his history here, fifth, seventh, seventh, decent. I know the, the hero doesn't really count for anything, but was okay there. So just little things with Kawa that I've seen. So Kawa, Cantlay, Scheffler, and then mix in the other guys around. I'll be playing them, but I'm just saying, you're, you know, you got to take some fades. My fades will be more in this next range that we talk about. All right, so my first cash game cornerstone is going to be John Rom. The history is there. I think he's had like three or four top fives in the fall. He, he's got some work in. He won the DP World Tour uh, final event in Dubai. Um, he's The guy is, like I said, he's going to be on a mission this year. I got no problem playing 10K. It seems like it's a value. Uh, so first cash game cornerstone is going to be Rom. Second cash game cornerstone is going to be Xander. Again, course history it's sort of a thing here. Uh, and he has a solid one, former winner. Uh, you know, of course, his iron game is strong. T to green strong, makes enough birdies. A long irons, exceptionally good. So I think the par threes, two of them are, are over 200 yards. Uh, and he's going to be hitting all four of those par fives, trying to reach into. That's a minimum six uh, long iron shots per round. And he's one of the best. He's actually the best in the field in the last 50 rounds. So give me Xander as my second cash game cornerstone. Third cash game cornerstone is going to be Colin Morikawa. Um, the results haven't really reflected it, but his game looks like it's back to normal where he is just outstanding with his irons and losing like 800 strokes on the greens. That's his normal thing. Well, the last three years at this course, he lost 0.4 strokes last year, uh, just 0.4 last year, gained 0.4 the year before, lost 0.4 the year before. So in three years, he's only lost, so in 12 rounds here, he's only lost less than half a stroke putting to the field. So maybe this is his, maybe something about these greens, uh, he can see. And, you know, a couple of them, and all three of them have been since the course redesign. So, um, you know, maybe he sees something here with his putter, uh, and he continues with his iron game. So those are going to be, I'm going to go with three studs right away in my cash game cornerstones because you can go ahead and get a couple of good big time birdie makers in the low 7K range. And then of course my final cash game cornerstone will be in the 6K range. And I'll let you know about that here in a minute. My favorite GPP play in the night in this range is going to be Finau. Uh, I like Cantley a lot too. Fantley, Cantley and Finau probably one and two. Scheffler right behind them. So that's how I'm going to rank my three GPP plays in this range. Now, when it comes to Finau, course history, the best time he ever did was the first time he won. He won 2017, 2016. I think he finished 15th. Course history, not great. But again, we're looking at a different Tony Finau. Uh, his whole game seems to have come around, and he's elite in a lot of aspects of his game. Mentally, you know he's so much stronger with all these wins that he's had in the last, you know, 14, 15 months. Uh, so, so I'm going back again. I'm thinking he's going to have a big year. I love Tony Finau. I like your Cantley uh, choice. because I think he's going to be under owned compared to where his talent is just because of where he is on the board, surrounded by all those popular people. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I'm going to go ahead and fade JT. Uh, you know, it's been a month since his wedding. You got to find a reason to fade these guys up top. And these guys are all elite. So you just pick and choose basically what it comes down to. And I'm going to take the wedding. I'm going to take him going here as a um, 
sort of a honeymoon, at least for the first week. If he plays Sony, then we'll bet him to win. All right, let's go to this 8K range. Tambo, go ahead. Yeah, the, the Phenom call is good. I wonder what his ownership will look like. Like you said, again, just in general, he makes perfect sense because that. The one note that you did bring up that's good is that his finishes have not been good here. So if people are going to go just off of that, then I'm fine with it. But you talked about sort of everything else that goes with it and winning and coming in from the swing season, all that. He obviously won, you know, coming into this, you know, in this uh, sort of the, the back half of the season. So he had a couple um, good, good results there, including that win. So I think he's another good spot at 9,300. This 8K range, I talked about just right up top. Zalatoris, Young, and Tom Kim, they all can burn me in a heartbeat. I don't know exactly where I'll go with these guys, but I definitely want to go to the range more so below them this week, Kenny, just in the sense of not just because they're debutantes. I think I said I could throw that out the window because these are the long-term talents that we'll be talking about around the PGA Tour. But I also see guys below that seem, I mean, besides him, who's going to be popular, that still could come through. Victor Hovland, 8,500. Price seems wrong to me. Again, I don't really care about much else. We'll wait and see how the week shakes out. His results as well, like Finau, not good. 30th, 31st. But then you go back to his recent form, he won at the Hero. He had 23rd, 10th, 5th. Like, he's got good results. Recent form is king. We talked about that. Sam Burns, he was the guy on the list above earlier. I said, I'm not going to put him in because Sam Burns goes in the category for me with all those wins as the guys that already did pop up. You know, Finau, Max Homa, Scheffler, all those guys came around hit it. We know Willie Z, Cam Young, those guys are going to do it, but Burns is already in that mix for me, so I think he makes for a good little pivot off Sungjae there, and then I talked about Jordan Spieth before, and just sort of that turnaround, the confidence, the season that I think could be ahead. I think he suits this spot as well, and then Brian Harmon, shameless plug, I I picked him in the draft as well, just for the cash collecting that he's been doing, but again, you look at that form coming in, second, second, and 23rd for Brian Harmon, so I got no problem going to the guys at the bottom of the AK range, when really I think only M will be a standout ownership piece here. And then I think most of it in the AK range goes to Tom Kim, Cam Young, and Zalatora. So I'm happier to go to the lower AK range. And another thing, Kenny, just last last thing right quick, you can put these guys with the guy from up above that you like. I know, like you said, you're starting with three guys up above and going down low. If you're like me, and I'll talk more on this later, but if you don't love the bottom 6K range, and I know it's a no cut, and I know they get all the rounds, and they can score and outscore them, and point per dollar and I get all that but if you're not as comfortable going down there you can just use a couple of these guys like a Hovland speed will be lower owned combo with one guy up top and then hop down to the lower 7ks or something like that so I'm okay using some of these bottom 8k guys what about you I'm going sort of an ownership play here I like Hideki uh you got to think that you know people are worried about his injury history he's had a month off he's had a couple months off I was hoping he's better I mean of course we don't have injury reports so we don't know uh, but if he's gotten healthier, uh, this is a course that he has played extremely well in in the past. We know his iron game is his strength. Um, if I can get Tony, if I can get him at under twenty percent ownership in a fee, in a thirty nine man field, I'll go ahead and take a little Hideki. He's going to be my favorite GPP play. Um, you know, taking a little bit of a risk, uh, but you know, in situations like this, is sort of what you have to do. Um, I'm not going to play Zalatoris. I think I will play Cam Young. Uh, I think what we've seen with the bombers here, like I said, you don't need to be a bomber, but it helps. And this guy's one of the best uh, out there pounding it out there with his wedges. Uh, now the wedge game, of course, is not the greatest, but he's got these huge greens and he can put his ass off. So, um, you know, give me, uh, um, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. He's not that great of a putter, but anyway, still, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to have these large greens. He's going to have the opportunities to make his birdies. Uh, I'll go with Cam Young over Zalatoris. Uh, this week, but I'll go Tom Kim above both of them, of course, just because I have to. That's my dog. Uh, we're gonna go roll with Tom all year. He was my first round draft pick uh, in the um, in the uh, Mayo League, so you know I gotta roll with him. But my favorite play, it's going to be Adeki, uh down here at eighty one hundred dollars. I like Hovland and I like Speed too. So I'll be playing a bunch of these guys down here. Let's go to the seven K range. Real quick, one more guy. We didn't. We neither of us talking about Homa is also kind of squeezed in between where maybe if people don't go with Zalatoris, Young, M, they hop down, or or sorry, Zalatoris, Young, Kim, obviously they could hop down to M. We know he's going to be popular. Maybe they go to Hovland, Burns, those guys. Homa, did you see Andrew Putnam call him out and say like, you know, there's all these beautiful days in Phoenix that you could play golf and Homa's out here grinding in the free, like one of the coldest days they have with his beanie on and everything out there. I'll, I'll say beanie, Canadians, would call it a toque, of course, but he had the beanie on. He's out there practicing in the in the cold weather, we'll say, quotations, of course. 
But either way, uh, you know, Homa at 8,600 is still fine too. I just like, my point was more Zalatoris, Young, Kim is the area and even M that I like them all. But if I end up avoiding them for those other guys around them, I, I could easily see that happening just based on ownership in this yeah. range. I mean, I think anyone 8,000, 8,100 and up, if they are going to be low owned, like just go ahead and just put the two lowest owned guys. If you're mass multi-entry, uh, it, it, that are 8,100 and up in your in your roster, just go go the to the upside is here for to, yeah. the scoring yeah. ability. Like they exactly. they all are good, so I, I like those. I like that call. Yeah. All right, let's go to the seven K range. It's pretty interesting. I mean, the first name that catches my eye is Adam Scott. Stevie's back on the bag, right? Uh, he's got Stevie on the bag for this year. Am I correct about that? I don't. I'm no, I don't know the exact details of it, but I believe you are correct. Yes, I yeah. thought. There was- um, so, you know, his goal is to win one more major. He's really focusing this year. Um, I don't mind a little bit of Adam Scott. Um, I And then, you know, I really like Thigala and Wise. And hint, hint, they fit in my cash lineup. Hint, hint, they fit in my cash lineup. Wise, Thigala was the highest scoring uh, fantasy golfer last year. Of course, he played like 48 events. But still, the guy can make a birdie or seven. Uh, pretty easily uh, down at that price. And Aaron Wise is the same way. Uh, I think another, I think we're going to have a big year for Aaron Wise. I love those two guys. I love those two guys in cash. Um, so, you know, they're not part of my cornerstone. So go with that as you will. Um, what about you, Tam? Who do you like? I was just going to say that I knew there was like a caveat to it. That's what I was trying to look up right quick live when we were doing this, but it was, it's, it's on a part-time basis. So I worked with him a little bit at the Australian PGA and Australian open. And now he's going to share duties with Greg Herman in 2023. So we'll see what, I don't know exactly what events he's going to be on the bag for. I can't really tell, but he did talk about reuniting the magic and trying to find something there. So I don't hate that. I think this range will be, you know, pretty set on people going to, you know, Aaron Wise, Seamus Power, some of those guys in there. I like Keegan Bradley. Uh, maybe he ends up being a good Keegan, or sorry, uh, Aaron Wise pivot. I like Keegan. I also took him in the draft. Again, I think he's another guy that found something. He saw him break down in tears after the well, win. You he, talked about Henley. Go ahead. You want to hear something. He found something. That's damn right. He's seventh in this field in strokes game putting in the last 50 rounds. Yeah. Kegels. Kegels. Ta- Kegel Taylor Bradley. Ma- Taylor Montgomery-esque, right? Who also, yeah. by the way, he's, he's not in this, but he uh, what he set the record at Shadow Creek. I think he shot a 60 we saw the other day. And then there was like a paragraph at the end was like, yeah, he could barely even see the hole in the dark for the 20-foot eagle on the last, but he put it right in the middle of the pin and it dropped down. Like the guy can't miss. It is incredible, but obviously doing something right outside of just the putter to have all of these top finishes. So no, no reason not to talk about him in the upcoming year of 2023 on tour. Corey Connors, always interested. You talked about him. So some of the guys at the top here, right? You talk Henley, Connors, Scott, I like Bradley. Henley. When most are going to focus, again, you're not going to fade all these guys, but most are going to focus on Bre- on Wise, Thigala, Power. I can see all them being a lot more popular than Connors, Henley, Bradley. You know, a couple of those guys, winners. Connors, I see a bounce back for. He's almost like the more, you know, Canadian Morikawa. We we talked about him in that all you know last season, the season before, from the ball striking perspective, and then not being able to make putts. But realistically, he also needs a bounce back year, kind of like what Morikawa will be looking for. So I could definitely see those guys going at least a little bit overlooked, and I don't mind putting them in my rosters too, Kenny. So I like Connors, Henley, Bradley, Power. I'm sticking with regardless because I, I bet him as well. I'll talk about that later. But I talked about him as one of my main guys for this season, the up and comer. He's not a debutant here, so I definitely think power is in play as well in this range. All right, let's go to the 6K range. My final cash game cornerstone is going to be Adam Svensson. He just won the RSM Classic. We know his game revolves around good ball striking. He makes a fair amount of birdies. This putter's been really, really hot here uh, recently, so I'm hoping that keeps on going. Uh, so my, And I have to have someone cheap down here. I also like Molinax down here. I thought of between Molinax and Svensson, but I'm going with the guy with the hot hand uh, who just won, who has those good feelings that can make a lot of birdies. Uh, so give me Svensson. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be John Rama, 10,000, um, Xander at 9,500, um, and Colin Morikawa at 9,400, and Adam Svensson at 6,600, or I'm sorry, 6,400. That's going to leave you. $7,800, no, $7,700, no, sorry, $14,700 to complete the rest of your um, lineup. So it still leaves you a good amount there to maybe fit in Thiegel and Wise. 
Uh, other guys I do like in this 6K range. Uh, Hoagie is going to uh, is sticks out to you, of course, just because of the numbers. Scott Stallings uh, probably played some of his best golf of his career uh, towards the end of last season. Finally got his master's invite um, after Augusta sent it to the wrong Scott Stallings. Um, I don't know if you heard this story, but oh, I saw the story. It's insane. Well, it's weird. It's weird because the other Scott Stallings has the same His wife has the same name. I was still trying to figure out why did like, can't, I can't imagine. I'd love to see what envelope or what package the master stuff comes in. To me, it would be something very fancy. Like, you know, it's a master's invite. This dude said, fuck it. It's in my name. I'm opening this thing oh, and opening yeah. and he laid the papers out and he set out mm. the invite and set it all up nice and took a picture. Like, Scott Stallings probably supremely happy that he's going to get his stuff. But at the same time, it is kind of hilarious. The dude opened the thing all the way, laid yeah. it all out and was like, I'm legit. If it, you know, but why wouldn't you Kenny? Cause he's not going to go play. Everyone's like, why wouldn't you show up at the masters? No shit. He's not going to show up, but maybe now he gets to go and get some tickets. Maybe he gets to go to the par three. Like he's the hero. So why not do it that way? I, I could see it that angle for sure, but pretty funny story and pretty insane that they sent it to the wrong guy in general. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, I don't know how do that, but whatever. Hey, he got his thing. He's good to go. He'll make the Masters. He should be happy. All right. So, um, Tambo, 6K, anybody? A few guys, I would say, uh, you know, K- KH Lee was at 7K. I didn't mention him. At least a little bit of interest there. He's actually... Uh, been to the course before 33rd last year so obviously his back-to-back wins at the same event helps him in that case first try out is hard man you'd always do well on the first shot so maybe comes back with a little bit more I don't mind him but going down in the 6k range we talked about putting being a thing Mackenzie Hughes he can find it the Canadian Jordan Spieth when it comes to that when Spieth is just getting all the magic beans we always talk about that posted Stallings and then the one guy down there I know Hoagie's going to be popular but I kind of like JJ Spawn I always like this guy a little bit he's got Good stats across the board. He is a first-timer, but still, I think he's a guy that we could see do well here. So Spawn, Stallings, Poston, Mackenzie Hughes are the guys that stand out for me. How did Luke List make this event? He won. He, he beat Louis. He beat, we, we had him 90 to 1. He took out Willie Z, the oh, farmers. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Story Pines, that's right, yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot all about that. Okay, cool. All right, I was what like, you mean the dart at the last? The I, I actually bet that. You're right. I bet Billy that. Billy Z in tears walking off hey, almost. Yeah, yeah. And Luke List with his family. Just an incredible yeah, yeah. moment. We said on the pod that week, you could get the same dude for 90 to 1 as the guy that always comes in second. And then sure yeah. enough, what happens? So yeah. we'll keep talking about it, Kenny. That's I won't right, let it be known. Right. I said this before, to, you know, 2023, New Year, same me. Never a new me. So I'm always going to be the same guy. Some will love it. Some will hate it. But, I, you know, we're back. Willie Z is the man. Got to witness the win last year. He's going to have a big year. Hope he's all good off the surgery. He should be. But uh, I'm excited for the year. Back surgery for like a 23-year-old? That's scary shit. It is. For a golfer. It is. But we, we still love Willie Z. We always did. We just, I I mean, me personally, you probably loved him more than I did. I just said that it was crazy people betting him at 20 to 1 to win events. But that's fine. We'll, we'll move on. He won. All right, so bets. What do you got, Tambo? I only got two. What do you got? I got three, so I'll get them out of the way quick. Cantley, 12 to 1. Sungjae, 20 to 1. And Power, 40 to 1 with the top five each way. That's it for this week. That's all it can be. Like I said, no one's won this event at worse than 33 to 1 in the last 10 years. Give me Xander, 11 to 1. Give me Kawa, 18 to 1. Those are my two bets. I like it. Yeah. All right, anything else? People know where they can find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Some had asked. The NFL tidbits, just for those wondering, the thread will end for week 18. I will have it for week 18. There'll be nothing for golf for this week. But if you follow me on Twitter, at Tampa starting next week for the Sony Open, they'll be back every Wednesday. I'll be back with Mayo every Wednesday. We'll be doing the 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern, I think, or 9 a.m. Eastern. We're recording at a time. It'll come out. It's the live in-studio show. That will be back. RumPureSports.com. As always, head on over there. Check it out. All sports. One price. We got a ton of content coming out. The Wednesday premium show, the key though, this year, myself, Big T and Hoop 2410. Hoopster's going to join us. A little bit different cast than last year. That will be premium. It'll be a, a top show to watch. It'll have everything, ownership, roster construction, player pools, exposures, everything that you're looking for. So rumpuresports.com. Sign up now. It's all sports, one price. I'm putting you on a spot. DFS goal for the year. My DFS goals for the year? For the call. Oh, I didn't set them yet. I'm a, I'm a little bit procrastinating on that stuff. I had a great 2022 this year. The goal, one goal for sure is get to the final 
portion of the fantasy golf world championship. Of course, I got to qualify first, but last couple of years gone out in round two was not a lot of fun. So I want to get to the finals there always to win one of the Millie makers. Cause they host more than enough throughout the season, the hundred dollar ones, things like that. I'll be playing those, of course, trying to get in some megas, maybe try and ship one of those bad boys always to be profitable on the year. So post a, a positive ROI and positive profits. And then I think after that, really, it's just content goals and stuff like that that I want to do. I wanted to get to 25,000 followers on Twitter last season. I did not 24.5 K. So if you don't follow me, follow me on Twitter, but a lot of big things coming out this season, wanting to do a little bit more with some of the stuff there. So keep, keep, uh, keep an eye on that and, and a big year ahead. Kenny excited to be back with you. My goal, 70% cash win percentage. It's going to be tough, but I've done it before. So let's go 70% cash win percentage and to take down the $5 drive to green. Um, You've been I mean, close many times. Yeah, a lot yeah, of sweats. So, so that's the only GPP I will play until I win it. Uh, so I'm going to play 50 to 60 of those lineups a week uh, until I win. If I win, maybe I move up a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's, those are the two goals for me uh, this year. You can find my work over at gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny, save yourself 30% on a, on a sub to Gup's Corner. Um, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, I'll be there all year. Should be a great year. We should have a lot of fun. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Strippers and blow. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.